Welcome to the Two Nutrition Gals in a Mic podcast with Kim and Suzanne. Kim is a registered dietitian and Suzanne is a certified functional nutrition coach. We're two nutrition professionals with a passion for educating folks about the power that diet and lifestyle choices have on our mental and physical wellness. Our goal for this podcast is to provide information about common and sometimes not so common health and wellness issues and provide a perspective that may differ somewhat from what we've learned from conventional medicine. It's pretty informal, sometimes a little goofy, but always informative. That we can promise. Keep in mind, though, this podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It's not meant to treat, diagnose, or replace medical care. That being said, let's dive into our next episode. Welcome back, y'all. Today, we're going to continue with the topic of fats. Uh, I'm here again with Kim. Hello. As I am all the time, because... (laughs) Lord knows I'm not doing this by myself. Yes. Uh, first, though, I want to thank everyone who's been listening and who's subscribed to our podcast on iTunes. Uh, apparently, it's working because we're now in 43rd place in nutrition podcasts we're in 43rd. Canada. <laughs> oh, the best part, though, is we're up 21 places yes. this week. So that's that's yes. even better. Not exactly sure how that all works with only three episodes, but yes. uh, and two of which are... are on iTunes. Uh, we're also on Spotify, by the way. Yeah. Which, all, yeah, if yeah. anyone's into that, yeah. you know, they're all good things. Okay, so last week we talked all about the omegas and essential fatty acids. And we got some great feedback that people were finding it enlightening and helpful, which is really cool. Um, I love to hear that. It's always nice to hear that. Absolutely. We're feedback. being, it's yeah, good. feedback's yeah. really good and it's nice to know we're being helpful. Um, so just to reiterate, omega-6 and 3 are essential fatty acids. Omega-6 tends to be pro-inflammatory in the body, and omega-3 is anti-inflammatory. We do need both types, which is why they're considered essential. But the Western, typical Western diet contains way more than enough omega-6 fats, so it's important for pretty much everyone to pay attention to the fats they're consuming and make a conscious effort to increase the amount of omega-3 fats in their diet and and probably decrease the omega-6 yes. as well. Uh, so today's chat, we're going to focus more on the actual facts that we have in our diet, what we've termed the good, the bad, and the ugly. And the ugly. <laughs> <laughs> so to get started, Kim's going to give us a brief overview, um, just a, some general knowledge um, about fats and a little bit about the science that kind of goes with it and how it works. So take it away, Kim. I mentioned earlier that we're going to do the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, and so we're going to start with what we kind of considered good. I use good in quotes, although this, these ones really are good. Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, healthy oils to have in your kitchen are those that are cold pressed and not chemically processed. So you want them, we don't want them exposed to heat because as Kim has pointed out a couple times in both of these episodes, heat will break them down. Uh, extra virgin olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, flax oil, grass-fed butter, and ghee, which is clarified butter. So it's suitable for folks like me who don't do dairy because the casein and whey has been removed. 
Um, and I also recommend for, for everyone to buy these oils, uh, non-genetically modified or, and or organic whenever possible, because that does make a difference in terms of whether or not they've used pesticides, pesticides to grow them or chemicals to to make them process. Yeah. 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 So besides oils, animal fats can also be a source of healthy fats, which is a... It's a, that's a little counter to what some of us, I think, um, had had learned or believe. It gets a bit deeper than I'm going to get into today, and we'll cover this actually in another episode of its own, but I think it's important to point out that meat that comes from grass-fed animals is actually high in those healthy anti-inflammatory omega-3 fats, but meat that's conventionally raised, or sorry, from animals that are conventionally raised is high in the pro-inflammatory omega-6 fats. So folks that have been advised maybe not to eat so much meat might make a difference if they kind of stuck to or focus more on eating grass-fed animals or free-range animals as opposed to the conventionally raised. So it's just just something to think about, that yeah. it's, it, it is a healthier meat and i think that just speaks to what they're fed Absolutely. so i think the feed, and how they're kept right? yeah, yeah feedlot cows i think eat a lot more corn yep which is high in omega-6 so yep. it's and in, genetically modified yeah, so it's um, indicative of what the cow has yep, eaten yep no so different that, than when we talked about the chickens right yep. the free-range chickens yeah yeah same exactly. kind of thing yep what they eat makes a difference and grass when they eat cows or or pigs or whichever animals that eat grass grass is high in omega-3 so again what you are what you eat and it it all goes through the whole chain so uh just just something to think about and uh and to be aware of because it really it really does make a difference it's not just a a fad or a what's the like a buzzword you know grass-fed is really very much healthier uh okay so now we have the bad and when we talk about bad we kind of put you know a quote-unquote bad yeah it worked for our little catchphrase. Right. They're not, we don't want to imply that they're, you know, no, they're, they're or, I mean, they're, they're less healthy for sure. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I, I strongly feel that we all should be focused on eating things that are less inflammatory. So the difference with these oils is they're, they're more inflammatory in the body. So, um, it might be surprising to some folks, uh, because many of us were taught that vegetable oils were good for us. But in terms of inflammation, um, and for several reasons, which I'll get into a little later, uh, these oils are inflammatory in the body. So that said, the oils we highly recommend you toss from your cupboard, if at all possible. Uh, first of all, you shouldn't have them in your cupboard. That, that's probably one thing, especially with these oils, because they do break down. Um, right, they should be in the fridge. They should be in the fridge. Uh, and most of these ones are not in glass bottles most of them are in plastic containers and i know that i i don't know of anybody that would keep these in the fridge everybody that i know who uses these oils they're in the cupboard uh anyway so those oils that we kind of frown upon a little bit are corn oil canola oil sunflower safflower and the ever popular vegetable oil uh oh and this one would be for my parents 
Margarine. <laughs> margarine. <laughs> Toss your margarine. So, Kim, just out of curiosity, what oils do you have in your house? I have um, olive oil, mm-hmm. avocado oil, and butter. Oh, butter's good. See, yeah. and everybody, a lot of people thought butter's terrible, but butter well, is actually... a saturated fat, so that's where that comes from. But if it's a grass-fed butter, which is another thing that mm-hmm. is important to think about, I think... Um, so butter's actually good, and we get in a little later as to why yeah. it might be one of the better ones as well. But um, but yeah, so in my fridge, or sorry, in my cupboard, I have olive oil and avocado oil and coconut oil and what's the other one? I, I Oh, flax oil. Flax. So um, I keep them, I think I said covered. I do keep them all except coconut oil. Uh, in my fridge as well. So there's two examples of people that, you know, two nutrition gals that are telling you what oils we have. We don't buy the other oils. So we highly recommend as often as possible that you don't buy those oils either. All right. Thanks, Suzanne. I get to talk about the ugly. (laughs) So trans fats, I'm sure most of us have heard of trans fats. They're um, really ugly. They're really ugly. Like they're the ugly of ugly. The bad ugly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so before 1990, very little was known about how trans fats affect your health. But what the food processing industry realized is that trans fats are very inexpensive to make and they increase the shelf life of your product so they're tr- stay very stable very right? stable yeah. they don't go rancid so obviously food processors that are looking to have extended shelf lives are going to use trans fats so they use them in a, a lot of processed foods baked goods chips what about fried foods fried foods a lot that's a good point so a lot of restaurants would use trans fats in their deep fryer because of that stability they way more economical economical it's cheap to make plus you can put it in a deep fryer and use it over and over again Mm. and you don't have to replace that oil as often as you would if you didn't use a trans Mm -hmm. fat so needless to say that took off and there were trans fats and everything Uh, but i think over time um you know, they realized that something was, you know, these trans fats were causing health implications and they, they raise your uh, bad cholesterol, they lower your good cholesterol, they, it increases your risk of heart disease, stroke, and you actually have higher risk of developing type 2 diabetes. Mm. Um, so Health Canada actually made the food labels change and they had to actually include trans fats under the fat portion of of the food label and they include saturated fats as well yeah and is that both canada and the u.s i, I know you, might, I you can't said it's canada but speak to the u.s but okay. I, I can't would, remember it's trans fats are one of those things that really aren't disputed anywhere they're bad yeah so, so i would surprised. be very surprised yeah. if the u.s did not have some sort of regulation on in indicating what trans fats are in mm-hmm. there So trans fats, there's two types. So some trans fats are naturally occurring, and it's produced in the gut of some animals and foods made from these animals. So, for example, milk. So there are some levels of naturally occurring trans fats in milk because cows make it in their gut, and that's how it comes out. But research has shown that that 
form of trans fat is not as detrimental to us as this kind of more natural this the, 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 that kind is more natural so that see i would say that stands to reason less harmful yeah um yeah to us so um that is an interesting fact because these, this trans fat that we are processing is detrimental to us so the artificial trans fats which is where the food producers jumped in are created in an industrial process that adds hydrogen to liquid vegetable oil to make them more solid Um, you will see some ingredients on some products so you know i'm not quite sure how many products still contain trans fats but if you read the label, if you see anything that says hydrogenated vegetable oil or hydrogenated canola oil or whatever the oil is, or you see something that says partially hydrogenated, that means trans fats. Bad. Yeah. More so, ugly. <laughs> right. So what they've done is they've added hydrogen to the fat to make it more stable. Um, and there is a bit of a mis- misconception that I've heard that Um, you can turn fats into trans fats when you cook with them, especially if you cook, you know, your oils to the smoke point. So that is not true. You cannot make trans fats in In your your kitchen. kitchen. (laughs) It needs Unless your kitchen's on fire or even more. (laughs) It it needs to be conducted under really high pressure, really high heat, and in the presence of some sort of catalyst like nickel. So while we don't, we'll get into the smoke point and all those things about your oils. We obviously are not recommending that you overheat your oils, but you are not creating trans fats in the kitchen when you do that. Um, you can let that worry go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you do need to read your labels and, um, be aware that it can be found in fried foods. So even frozen fried foods that you're buying that have been pre-fried, like french fries Mm -hmm. or egg rolls or Mm -hmm. whatever it is you're buying um it can be in cakes pie crusts biscuits frozen pizza crackers grocery store baked goods and stick margarines for sure no way well if it stays solid Mm -hmm. at room temperature um there's likely trans fats in it um there are margarines out there that don't contain trans fats um that's a whole other issue, not necessarily <laughs> recommending you eat those, but Mm-mm. you need to really look for that partially hydrogenated or hydrogenated vegetable oils. And if you see those, the recommendation is to stay away from yeah, them. Don't use them. It is one of the few um, food items, food, I don't know what you want to call it, but that Health Canada says no amount None. is safe. So don't eat them. And I think food companies maybe um kind of misleading a little bit and Mm -hmm. not including the trans fat on the label but then you see partially hydrogenated in the ingredients and i'm not quite sure how they get away with that or if it's because in such low amounts i'm not sure but all i know is look at the label um be very aware yes again read the labels yeah yeah, so trans fats is not one of those fats that you can have in moderation. It's ones you should just totally, completely steer away, steer away from because of the health implications of it. Trans fats are not where it's at. No, they're <laughs> ugly. So the recommendation, do not consume. In case you missed that part, just don't. <laughs> don't eat them. Just don't, yeah. 
So just when you thought there was nothing more you had to remember, I have something else. Surprise! Yeah, surprise! There's more we have to be aware of and think about and remember. Uh, even though we're using all good oils now, because we know y'all went and threw out all the bad oils as we were talking, but there's some, <laughs> some important things to know about storing oils and also cooking with them, even though they're good oils. So first, for the most part, you should buy oils, and we, we've talked about this over the last two yeah. episodes for sure, but just kind of to make sure we've made it clear, you want to buy oils that are in a colored and a glass jar. So um, Kim mentioned in our last episode that light, light will break down the oils and speed up how quickly they go rancid. The uh, glass jars also, so oil can break down plastic. Yeah. So it's never a good idea to have oil in a plastic container. Um, and if you think about it, corn oil, canola oil, vegetable oils, they're all in the grocery store in plastic containers, yeah. but you rarely see... I think you you do see some olive oils in plastic, but most of the time I think the higher quality yeah. olive oils are in, and the avocado oils yeah. are in um, are in glass, dark. They're usually green or, green. or brown, brown yeah. right? So, um, so the they, yeah, because they 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 will that blocks the light, as we said. It's also a good practice, as again we've said before, to keep oils in the fridge so that they'll stay fresh longer. They can um, um, change their viscosity and that they can kind of get thicker. Which or they act, will, yeah, some of them. And actually have some solids forming yep. them. But that's okay. That's normal. That's what it's going to do. Doesn't yep. mean it's gone bad or anything. Just takes a little bit to get used to. When you bring it out to room temperature, those all go away. It and just, it, and it does go back to the normal yeah. thing every time. So, um, yeah, so... so the only oil, as I said, that, that I keep in the cupboard is coconut oil, uh, but saturated fats have a slightly longer shelf life. They still have a shelf life, though. So even though they will stay fresh longer, not in the fridge, you still need to pay attention to the dates on the containers because it's not healthy to consume oil that is old or rancid. So that's... And you... you for the most part, I think you can taste it. You can. Yeah. They, they kind of taste. You can smell it. Yeah. Too. yeah. They, they're just a little. They actually they just smell or taste old. Yeah. That that's it's a weird. That's the that's yeah. what comes to mind when I think about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think of grabbing an old can of nuts. Yeah. And they, it, they, they're just off. No, that that's it. They're just they just kind of have a. They still taste like they would, but they have an off. Like you said, off is a perfect way to describe it, I think. So. Well, and as an FYI, you should keep your nuts in the fridge, That's too, right. because of that fat component. Thing. And seeds, yeah. sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, those things. We keep those yeah. all in the fridge, too. It's all so. to preserve the fat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we have cooking. Yes. What do we have to worry so, about with cooking? Um, obviously, we cook with oils. I don't know, but I... Suzanne, do you remember your mom, like, cooking meat or something and heating the pan up and not putting the meat in it until the oil was smoking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, until it the, was good and hot. Good and hot. <laughs> and the <laughs> kitchen filling up with smoke, oh. and it's got to be hot to brown the meat. So that actually is not a good practice. No, no, bad. Not, it's delicious when you eat it, but right. it's not super healthy. So even when you're using healthy oils, they need to be used properly. So oils heated to their smoke point actually 
sustain damage to their molecules, and they produce free radicals, which we know are what causes disease and illness mm-hmm. and inflammation and all that stuff all we've been stuff. talking about. Specifically, a product called acrolein, I think I'm saying that properly, is produced. And this is a known car- carcinogenic, meaning it can cause cancer. So w- if you see our oil smoking on the stove, you have it too hot. Yeah, you and you need turn to it turn it down because it's actually burning. The smoke is burning. That that's an indicator. Your yes. oil is burnt. You burnt. burnt the oil, and that can you know obviously affect the taste of your food. But it's it it really is detrimental to your health by ingesting those byproducts of oil that have gone to their smoke point. Free radicals are bad, and this acrolin that is produced, you can ingest it on the meat that you cooked mm-hmm. in this smoke point, this oil you overheated. But you can also inhale it, it if yeah. you're inhaling the smoke. And it's also able to pass through your skin. So if you get it on so your hands. You get it in three ways. Right, which means it's it can you can get exposures to it very easily. Um, now, I've read a couple different reports. Of and course. It depends. <laughs> Some reports are like, you got to throw it away and be careful you don't inhale it. And I don't know if that's very realistic because I know in my house, if I accidentally heat something, I'll turn it down. I turn the fan down. And I think, again... Or the fan on to suck out the smoke or... Right. So, obviously, if it happens once in a while, it's, it's, you know, it's concerning, but you, you just have to be aware and try and avoid it as much as you can. Same thing, by the way, happens on the barbecue when you're grilling Mm. meat. That, those... The yummy, pretty little grill, grill that marks everybody loves are Not creating great. the same byproducts that happen when you overheat your oils. So, the big concern is for people maybe that work in restaurants and that are, you know, smelling it all the time, and it's yeah, they're you said, it can go through your skin, frying foods, and you know, potentially exposed to this smoke and regularly. So, you really don't want to heat your oil to the smoke point. So. Different kinds of oils have different smoke points. That's really easy to find. You can just Google smoke points, um, and they'll let you know which ones are better. But as Suzanne mentioned earlier, ghee, which is clarified butter, is has the highest smoke point. So that's the oil you can cook heat to the highest point before it smokes. Of the list of oils that we right. recommend that of we the, focus on. Right. Yeah. So we're not including the oils that we're not recommending. So then avocado is the next, and then grass-fed butter, coconut oil, and then extra virgin olive oil. So olive oil is not the best oil to be um, using under high heat. If you're making spaghetti sauce on the on the stove and you're just simmering it, you mm-hmm. can throw some olive oil in it, no problem. It's those sautéing or frying or those scenarios that you want to stay away from olive oil. Or for sure, pay attention to how hot it's how getting hot it and is. is it smoking. Yeah. And if it's smoking, you need to turn it down because it's very unhealthy for you to continue on and consume those foods. Olive oil is great for salad dressing. Right. That would be one of those awesome... Yeah. Salad dressing ones you don't have to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. You can cook with with olive oil. Just yeah. don't, don't fry it. the watch it. out. And um, another one, too, is flaxseed is one of those oils that should never be heated. So don't ever use flaxseed 
on a stove. You're, that's that is probably the best suited for yeah. um, the best oil that we have that's suited for um, salad dressing. And actually, again, super high in omega three, so it's a great yeah. one to have and use. Um, but don't cook with it. So, if you have avocado oil and olive oil, like I do in my cupboard, that suffices just about every need I make sure. for oils. So you yeah. don't need to have a cupboard full of different kinds of oils. Nope. You need one that maybe does better at a higher temperature for those times that you might be frying something. And then olive oil is awesome for your salads. And, and delicious, too. And delicious. So I have just a little piece um, about one of the oils that I know that when I first got married, we used to use all the time for sure. Um, and I kind of called it the canola controversy. I love coming up with these little controversies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think canola is generally considered to be a healthy oil for a lot of people. When Kim and I started our discussions around this topic, you mentioned that it's often recommended as a healthy oil by dietitians. Yes. Um, because again, on, on paper, um, it, it's, it's statistics I think are, are good, right. Yeah. In terms of what's in it. Right. Right. Um, canola oil was actually first developed in Canada in the 1970s to make a low uric acid version of rapeseed oil. Uric, uric, uric sorry, acid is especially bad for heart health. Um, and as I said on paper, it looks good. The ratio of omega-6 to 3 is almost perfect. It's it's 2 to 1. It's also a moderately good source of omega-3. It contains very little saturated fat and only 7%. And it's high in monounsaturated fats, uh, say around 63%. It's also inexpensive, which is a bonus. And it's a big Canadian crop, yeah. I think, too, which yeah. would be one of the reasons why it's... it's uh, promoted heavily I think here but um, here's where the whole idea of that kind of canola oil being healthy for us falls off the rails the canola crops rely heavily on pesticides and most of these crops have been genetically modified so that they can withstand these pesticides and I talk a lot about GMO which is genetically modified organisms um and that's essentially, that's what it is. The seeds have been changed, um, modified, so that they can withstand the pesticides and um, not repel bugs, but, but they're resistant, they're resistant yeah. to insect damage. Increase yields. Yeah, yeah, yeah to, to um, change things. The, the problem lies in the fact that not enough research has been done in terms of what it does in human bodies. Um, one example that people use a lot is that some of these modifications are to, um, so when the bug eats the plant, the bug explodes. So that, that would kind of, um, that leads me to kind of think, or has me thinking it's probably not a good thing to have inside of our bodies either, especially if you eat a whole lot of it. But anyway, that's the, that's the, uh, the idea behind genetically modified and what it is. So in 2019, 95% of crops, canola crops in Canada and over 93% of the U.S. canola crops were genetically modified. So those are things that I typically um, 
tell people to stay away from, and I stay away from myself as much as possible. Canola oil is also highly processed, and we talked about the different processes and what goes into them. So it's cooked, it's pressed, it's treated with hexane to extract more oil, and then it's refined. And it's refined by adding the, the uh, hydrogenating the oil to extend its shelf life. And as Kim has pointed out to us, that the hydrogenation process creates trans fats, which are the ugly ones. Um, also, canola oil is high in polyunsaturated fats, which is good, except they tend to go rancid more easily. Um, and we, we, these are the kinds of oils, like vegetable oils, where we buy them in bulk. Yeah. They've got them in great big containers at Costco. So we keep them in the cupboards. They sit there for months and months. Again, not good. So I think it's just interesting to see that um, or to be able to understand why what we often think of or we, we will think of as a healthy oil is not necessarily good for us. So, and, I mean, and again, because of the processing, because of the processing, because of the, um, the, and the chemicals. But having said that, now if you can find organic canola oil or non-GMO canola oil, um, that that would be a better choice choice to make for sure. But the, this holds for a lot of the vegetable oils, or, or again, this would be the reason why. Um, why we tend to kind of steer people away from some of those oils and why those oils are on our list of ones to avoid. Uh, because even though the idea behind them or, or what they what they contain is, is relatively healthy, there are some other reasons why maybe they're not the best ones for us. So we... Um, we really do. I mean, if you if you think about it like that, all, olive oil is just a much healthier yeah. option. Just as an example, and so it is. There's no question that it's certainly more expensive. Um, but as you start to, or as you'll start to see as you go along further further along this journey with us, that changing habits and working toward uh, healthier lifestyle is not not necessarily cheap. No. No, unfortunately, it's not. No, However, it, I think... It's a wise investment. It's a wise investment. But I think if we stop producing those ready-to-eat foods, that mm-hmm. there may be money left in the budget for better oils. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, and again, though, that's just something that's an interesting kind of uh, back and forth that I thought would be good to point out as to why, even though it's... Um, seems to be healthy uh, why it's not one of the best choices for us to make all right so now we're going to summarize you know the important points that we talked about over the last two Two episodes episodes. Um, it's a big topic and we thought it deserved two sessions so that's what we did so if you get nothing from these two episodes, please know that the days of no-fat or low-fat diets are gone and that hopefully we've made it clear that you know the consumption of the right fats in our diet is essential to our health and that you know we need to especially focus on those essential fatty acids, the omega-3 and 6 that we talked about. We want it in the right ratio and um, 2 to 1, I think, we decided. At most, yeah, two to one, one to one. Certainly yeah. not the forty to one or the twenty to one that right. we find in typical diets. 
However, as with everything, fats, saturated fats in particular, have been linked to cardiovascular disease, obesity, and those types of health implications. So it's not a free-for-all to eat as much fat as you want. Like everything else, you have everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. And making sure you're choosing the right fats. Um, you know, the link, the rates of obesity in our society is is skyrocketing and you know some of that can be traced back to overconsumption of fats so be aware that too much fat even if it's the right fats are not a good thing then we have the good oils that we um, would love to have folks using more often these are the ones we use ourselves the ones we recommend to everyone and those are things like olive oil um, avocado ghee, coconut oil, grass-fed butter, uh, and also flax seed oil. And then we have the the bad, which that's kind of in quotes there. So they're they're just not, they have a higher uh, tendency to produce inflammation in the body. So they're really not fats or oils that we recommend anyone use, and we'd love people to just not be using these anymore. So whether it be because of how they're processed, how they're stored, how they're packaged, whatever. So these would be um, vegetable oils, margarine, grapeseed oil, sunflower, safflower, soybean, corn, and canola. And then there's the ugly. ugly. The ugly <laughs> trans fats. So no consumption of trans fats is recommended. You should avoid them um, 100%. Be aware of your labels. Know that trans fats are in ingredients labels as partially hydrogenated oils or hydrogenated oils. That's super important. Don't confuse that with non-hydrogenated oils that can appear in some margarines. So again, um, we didn't talk about this, but when you're buying a margarine, I would probably steer clear of the regular, you know, margarine cooler in the grocery store and try and go into the organic section and pick out a, an oil there that, a margarine that is made from an organic vegetable oil for all those things for all that, yeah, that Suzanne talked about. Um, you know, if you're somebody that's avoiding saturated fats because of heart disease or something like that, then... Or even butter because you don't do dairy. Yeah. Those are other options, but not Basel or... I can't think of all the other companies, but... So they're... The more highly processed they are, the the less healthful it will be for Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no trans fats. We need to be careful when you're storing, cooking, and cooking with oils. You don't want them to smoke. Um, and it's also really a good idea, and I don't always practice what I preach, but it's a good idea to pick oils, try to find oils that to cook with that have a higher smoke point, like ghee or avocado oil, as opposed to olive um, That that's just, a, that's just a general rule of thumb that will yeah. make, make things healthier for you, for sure. Also, watch your expiry dates. So don't, um, certainly don't use an oil once it's past its expiry date. And I, some oils have really long expiry Mm. dates on them, like over a year. But I I really don't recommend that. I think you should buy your oils in small enough quantities that you're replacing it monthly, every second month. And that just ensures that it's fresh. 
a lot of those best before dates on foods is if the product isn't open. So once it's open, then then the shelf life changes. Kind of negates the shelf. Yeah, it negates the expiry date. And it makes sense. Point. You're yeah. introducing oxygen. oxygen and germs and bacteria and any other things that might get in there. So mm-hmm. they can turn it. Try and resist buying the big bottles of oil because it's cheaper. Um, and stick to just reasonable amounts that you can use in a reasonable amount of time, like a month or six weeks. Yep. Um, I think just the last thing that we kind of talked about or we wanted to talk about was uh, a great place to buy some of these oils. We tend to buy them. I buy all of my oils at Costco because they have, their prices are much more reasonable because again, these aren't, these aren't inexpensive options. But significantly cheaper. They, yeah, they really, really are. And the quality, they sell organic. I know my olive oil is organic and non-GMO, although organic is non-GMO. But the avocado oil is non-GMO. So your your price is better, your quality is better, and the, I don't know, the health associate the healthiness i guess of the oil is higher so it's a good spot to look for them you i really highly recommend right checking for them at costco the downside is they're large quantities and it's you know we go through it no problem as a family if you're a single or you don't you know maybe you can find someone you can share yes yeah, with, yeah um, that's a good idea some of them lines. too come in in a pack of two smaller bottles so yep. you're still buying the quantity but if you don't have to open it again and it's and it's stored properly or packaged properly then um then it's it's not as much of an issue but definitely that that's something to think about but it is it is a great spot to find yep. a lot of the things actually that we'll talk about Costco's a good source for a lot of those things and it makes it a little more affordable and possible for folks to be able to do it. So I know those oils that you purchase at Costco are available at the grocery store, mm-hmm. but it is significantly more expensive at the grocery store. for And for smaller quantities yeah. of it, too. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that uh, that's... Wraps I up think, Yeah, we can wrap them up. And, uh, yeah, so once again, thanks, Kim. Thanks, everybody, for, thanks for joining us joining us and listening. And, again, if you can share about us or make sure you check us out on iTunes and now Spotify and subscribe and give us a rating. We'd like to – next week we'd like to report that we've moved up even further. That's right, <laughs> yes. What are we doing next week? Our topic is sugars, I think. I think we're doing sugar, yeah. Yeah, and that was a request. Yeah, yeah. So, so we actually have a fan who requested <laughs> something. So, yeah, so we'll uh, tune in next week, please, and then we'll uh, bring you some more juicy tidbits and useful information. Take care. Bye.